Betches Media presents At Betches, a podcast hosted by Betches co-founders Jordana Abraham, Sammy Sage, and me, Aileen Drexler. We talk about it all from the latest celeb drama to the best movies to TV shows that we're so obsessed with right now. We share all of our thoughts, even the unpopular ones. Welcome to our pop culture group chat. This is going to be just like senior year, except for funner. Hello, and welcome back to the At Betches podcast. I'm Jordana. I'm Sammy. And I'm Aileen, and we have many, many things to discuss. The Golden Globes. Jordana wants to talk about Harry Potter, even though it's 2023. Like, <laughs> so many things. Um, She's always so early to the trends. Like That I reminds know. me, like, it runs in your family, because remember when your mom would, like, text us in, like, 2011? About Nip Hey, have you guys tech- seen Nip Tuck? When it yeah. came out, like, 10 years before that. Jordana, how's your leopard midi skirt doing? Is it still in your closet? I haven't worn it since my 30th birthday in September 2019, Samantha. But I would love to bring it back. Um, it's a great skirt. I, I would be very into it. You know what I do? I did want to talk about just as a life update. This is the lamest life update. I went to the movies for the first time since before the pandemic. Oh, wow. A couple of weeks ago. What and I saw Avatar 3D. Ah. Oh, right. Because Mike really wanted to see it. It's not really my thing. But it was cool. Very, too long too long oh my god beyond um, it was like three hours and, and 20 minutes or something get home four hours later yeah how did we had to like made that long take took 10 it's years insane but i have to say i think at this day and age if so we we wanted to go to the ones with like the good seats the movie theater by us in the upper east side has like shitty seats so we went all the way to like whatever the 63rd west side movie theater was on top of this three-hour movie and we get there and they put us in like the one theater with the shitty seats <laughs> i think they should ex- movie theaters need to explicitly state shitty theater uh <laughs> when you buy the tickets because to me that's like the entire point of going like there's no reason to pay to go to the movies unless it's 3d and the seat is comfortable right it's like an airline like, they have to they need leather. to say yes yeah who wants to see some shit in the movies when it's like you're sitting on like so some chair that feels like it's like 700 years old in someone's basement. Well, it depends what you're paying for. You know, you don't want to be paying the same price for the amazing theater seats and the, you know, desk uh, chair side service right. when you're getting like the one theater that doesn't have it. But I totally see your point. Totally. Yeah. Though I really hate 3D. Like I hate wearing those glasses. I hated having to do that in Avatar. It makes the screen look smaller. Like if you're seeing an IMAX, I want to see it in IMAX, not IMAX. And then 3D, it just makes it look regular. Oh, I liked they flew it. Too close to the sun. I, I liked it. I thought it was 3D. it was because the, especially for that kind of movie because it's kind of it's just like um, really cool visuals. So yeah, but that was definitely part of the appeal. For to me, fucking three and a half hours. I think they should explicitly state though. Shitty seats. I agree. Better seats. Amazing Send them seats. to the Cayman Islands for that, potentially. Potentially. They're on the list. They're on the run. The nominees. They're nominated. Yeah. What yeah. did you think of Avatar? <laughs> Avatar, it's funny because that kind of movie, it's like so not my thing. It's very much like, again, like visuals, action, kind of like sci-fi-ish. Yeah. The visuals were cool. I could have done with like 45 minutes of them. I didn't need to sit and like the storyline for being three hours and 20 minutes was not doing it for me. But if I were like 13, I think I would have really liked it. That's the general <laughs> consensus of the movie. When I saw it, like while I like I it, it missed like what Avatar was so good, like why the first Avatar was so good, because it like there was so much of like the human and Avatar 
now it was all Avatar. It was all, all about this. Like it was just like a non animated movie essentially. And it was just so it had to be plot driven. That said, I did cry three times. <laughs> well, once this every one, hour. Oh, I cr- I was bald. <laughs> really? I, I think maybe I was getting my period, but like <laughs> I was when the whale died. <laughs> no spoilers. I was his okay, it's not that big of a I don't care, part. I'm not gonna see it. I was Rusty was laughing at me. And then at the end, which I won't spoil, I had to keep my 3D glasses on. <laughs> so I wasn't you were embarrassed. Crying. Yes, because I was crying. <laughs> oh my God, if you cry in Avatar, I would not, I, I can't even imagine you in like a really like I don't like to go, I don't want to see the whale in theaters. I want to see, see the whale so badly. I don't want to see it in theaters. The times weren't good, but I'm really excited to see the whale. As you know, I'm a big Brendan Fraser stan. Yeah. I like want to see it, but I don't like I kind of can't watch non-visually. I don't know. I hear it's like too sad. And I like that's one that's one thing I just like can't see because it's so sad. Yeah, that's why I'm that not in Avatar. theaters because <laughs> no, I don't, don't care about whale in 3D. Yeah, <laughs> I it's I'd not even a whale. It's like that's whatever the, the Avatar <laughs> version of the whale is. No, the whale is the movie with Brendan Fraser. Wait, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> the, I, they don't offer the whale movie in 3D, so I can't hide behind that's those lenses. I guess while I'm talking about my own experiences, I just wanted to say that I, um, when we went to Australia, I decided to try to watch all of the Harry Potter movies like in order. I'd never seen them all. I'd just seen the first few. So I watched all of them, all eight of them. They're also very, very long. and. I, what I felt was like was missing was the real explanation of the interpersonal issues between Harry's dad and Snape. I felt like they really should have gone deep on that. It was very superficial. And I want to know like Harry's revived thoughts on who his father was because it seems like he was kind of a bully and like a little bit of a douchebag and they don't really, they don't really, really get into it. So I don't know if is, Harry like book was got up to thinking about that in his like the book, he was too young and too busy trying to conquer Voldemort to like be worrying about like his dad's like actual personality. Well, I suggest a sequel that oh another one non magical <laughs> sequel that just focuses on Harry and his uh and oh his uh the way he's um processing processes out who his, his parents are his yeah. dad. What about like a Harry Potter Harry Potter psychotherapy podcast? You could do yeah, like, it on oversharing. <laughs> like instead of Sopranos, it's Harry Potter. Yeah. Cr- yes, I, so I would good. love that because I also thought that he everyone was a little bit too harsh um on Cho. I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't want to see this. So. No, when, like, okay, like she like you're not going to get the discussion you're looking for. What? For he what? has like a, they like they like made out, and then she's like forced to turn them in for their secret like anti Voldemort like crew, and then everyone like shuns her. But she was like it was clearly forced, and everyone's really Which mad movie at her. Was I just think it was so it? rude. I don't know. They all blur together. I don't remember <laughs> any details like about any of that. Like I just know that is a character, you know. I <laughs> but, rewatched um, it like in COVID. I remember rewatching all those movies. I'm we, like, like over bought them. them. If- we bought them and then we it was like them. on HBO yeah. like a week later, which is really annoying. I feel like they're constantly on TV. I'm just kind of like over them because I've seen so many I've seen them all so many times in so many different like parts because it's always on TV. So I'm just like and I mean, not anymore, but it used to always be. And I'm just kind of just, I don't care anymore. But no, I do think that would be interesting, Jordana, but maybe not for like a children's book. But I think right. the main issue between like Snape and 
James Potter. That I do remember was because Snape had a crush on Lily. And James was like, no, she's, you know, she's not going to date a loser like you is essentially the. That's what I'm saying. And and but Snape was not bad. No that's spoilers. what, that's what saying, I'm saying. She's saying that the dad is bad. Yeah. He I'm saying no one ever no, but, addresses the fact that the dad, the only real clips they show of him are him like bullet, like put literally pushing Snape to the floor and then laughing at him with his friends and then continuing to walk down the hall of school. Right. Well, I do think that Snape is like kind of a hero in the whole thing is the. Yeah. You know, no, I is think a main that, lesson. I think that that is sort of shown, but what's not really like explored is um, like the true character of James Potter, which seems like, you know, like, why did she choose him? He kind I of. I don't know it that they ever said James Potter was so great. Also, where was he when Voldemort was there? Like Lily was there defending no, Harry. No, he died and then, defending like, Lily. That was definitely a scene. I remember that. I felt like they just showed him in the hallway. Like that. <laughs> he was just like here. <laughs> I can't, you know, he lost, you know, he killed him and, you know, because right. weren't like, they in hiding? And then he just, Voldemort discovers them. They were kind of like in hiding, like, you know, Meghan and Harry in Vancouver. Yes. And then they were discovered. <laughs> right. That's what it was. So they were sort of like not ready for a fight. If I remember, because the worm, right. the but guy the whole with the thing, hand betrayed them. But the whole thing was like, oh, Lily's like love sort of like saved Harry Potter. But like, what about well, she? Because she was holding him. I kind of feel like he ran. And that's no, well, my, I think it's because sequel. like, I think the, I think the, I don't think that was, I don't think that was, that was, it was intended. But you could tweet at JK Rowling and ask her, I'm sure she might answer. She always is coming out with like, well, actually, about maybe the Harry I, Potter books. Maybe like, I will. should. I think the idea is because she died like holding him and he was because he was a baby. He couldn't defend himself. I think where there should be like a, a specific book or movie about that night. And it's actually kind of like that movie with Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus where there's the avalanche and he runs and she's with the kids so downhill. Funny. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we could just make like a quick sketch and just... You know, like an SNL sketch like SNL like sketch about that and communicate the whole point. Who, I love it. Yeah. Let's try it. I don't know that how top so of fun. mind Harry Potter is right now. <laughs> you know, it's always kind of it's, it's a turn. It's J.K. Rowling never yeah. shuts up on the Internet. That's really the reason. That's true. So people are always like, can I be a Harry Potter fan? Like while she hates trans people and she's always coming up with like new things like actually Dumbledore was gay. And then <laughs> so-and-so was Jewish like she's always doing that so it was Jewish I don't remember I don't even know if that's even true but she's always coming up with like <laughs> new addendums and there's also like books there have been sequels and that not sequels there's the prequel that Fantastic Beast shit yeah I couldn't I don't like <laughs> Fantastic Beast shit <laughs> I couldn't get into that like that's I liked the books the I movies think that were wasn't good, the route the route she should have gone was the the more adult psychological analysis of what was going on. There are also like people have written books about that, like Freud and Harry Potter. Maybe hmm. maybe you'd enjoy that. Maybe I would. I'll probably not Google it, but maybe. <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If I had an extra hour in my day, I would definitely be napping more. I would watch more of my favorite shows, and most importantly, I would connect more with my loved ones. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time, but the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. 
Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Personally, I've been to therapy for many years now, and nothing has helped me more than therapy and figuring out what are the priorities in my life, what are the things that I need to do to strengthen my relationships, to make the most of my day, and to make the most of my mental health. So I can't recommend therapy enough. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Betches today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Betches. Listen, we all know that scratchy PJs can make a very cranky kid, so I always reach for Little Sleepies. Little Sleepies makes award-winning bamboo PJs that moms rave about. I love Little Sleepies. They are so soft, and they also stretch out a lot, so your kid can fit into one size over a longer period of time. There's nothing more annoying than buying one size and then they grow out of it within one month. The prints are just like so cute, but really it is just so soft. The bamboo, like I want my own. Little sleepy zip romper pajamas, aka zippies, were designed with thoughtful details like fold over feet, mittens, and a double zipper to make middle-of-the-night diaper changes easier. Made from their buttery, soft, custom-milled Luna Luxe Bamboo Viscose, their zip-footy pajamas are gentle and sensitive skin and babies with eczema. But what parents rave about most? How long they fit. And Little Sleepies makes the best baby shower gift. They have inclusive sizing from preemie to adults 3X. There are also nursing and pregnancy-friendly styles available for adults. Try a pair of Little Sleepies today. Fair warning, you will never go back. You can try Little Sleepies for yourself by visiting littlesleepies.com. Plus, get 15% off your order on littlesleepies.com with code BETCHES. That's L-I-T-T-L-E-S-L-E-E-P-I-E-S.com. Promo code BETCHES. All right. Do you guys want to talk about the Golden Globes? Speaking of more current movies? Yeah, like more current like yeah. pop culture. Yes. Jorani, you watched it on TV Live. What was your impression? I watched the end. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I watched like the last 45 minutes probably, which is a solid amount, I think. I saw the Jennifer Coolidge speech, saw the Mike White speech, um, Banshees won for like a lot of things. It's so funny when I was watching Banshees, I kind of thought that it was like Scottish Mean Girls or Irish Mean Girls. That is is the, that is what it is. Which is like so funny. I know. Yeah. I just like couldn't watch it. We were, I tried to watch it when we were in Australia and it was like two in the morning and I just couldn't. (laughs) Yeah, you can't. I couldn't do it. It's gory for you. Gory. No, I, and then I learned what, what happens. And I was like, I don't want to watch that. So I just gave up. But I do agree. I, I, I trust everyone that it was good. You know, it was good. Not great. I didn't like think it was like, I, I'll forget about it next Scottish year. Scottish Mean Girls is pretty clever, though. It is. Yeah. There, there was, was like funny lines. I, I saw. thought they were Irish. Oh, they are Irish. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> what <I'm What>? <laughs> cool. Irish Mean Girls. Um, yeah, it was good. Like, it was funny at times. Like, I LOL'd, but then I was also, like, crying again. I need to stop crying. But it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it made you think. But then, yeah, I, I kind of forgot about it because it was very, it was like a slow, very subtle, like, converse, all, like, script-based. Mm-hmm. 
Did you guys see Jennifer um, Coolidge's speech? Yeah. That I saw clips of. So I saw that was like an incredible speech. She's so funny. I loved it so much. It was worth watching the rest of it just to hear that. It was just so, it was like she was like, took truth serum and was just (laughs) speaking. She was like, I never really had, like, I was always kind of just like on the brink of like, of like success here and there. And it said much more wonkily by her. But she was like, and you know, and I just kept they kept throwing the American Pie movies at me, and I was I, I needed the money. Like I would I would do I would do another one if you guys are out there. Um, she goes and Mike White, you like she was the whole speech was the only person she thinks was Mike White, and she did just like a full intensive like ode to Mike White and how amazing he was and how like no one else really wants to wanted to give her work and he he like gave her work and she goes and now like my neighbors are speaking to me and no one cared about no one invited me anywhere before um it was just like it was a great it was so good I thought it was so funny well I think it is I mean she is so like central to the white lotus and what makes it so good and I feel like he I, I I love that she only thanked him because he basically was the one who like believed in her and he he even said in his speech like you all passed yeah all i love you that. in this room pa- yeah. in this room passed also drunk. and he's like he's like what makes the white lotus so good is that there's like a little bit of like a camp element to it and jennifer coolidge is nothing if not just her whole existence is camp so like the fact that they like bonded and like created this like incredible vibe for a show is just it's just great it's one of the things that makes me just so happy in life honestly mhm yeah, it was really good. The um, they kept like zooming in on Mike White hysterically crying <laughs> during her speech, which I think he was just. It was towards the end of the night, so he was drinking more. Yeah, but well, she also she's just was cute. saying really nice stuff about him that didn't even have to do with her. She's like, he's really nice to, to animals and yeah. all sorts of people, and like he's always trying to help people. It was like, is this like a Mike White eulogy? Like this was like intensive Mike White praise in all areas. We talked about this last night, but would love to discuss again. You know, like there's also that clip of her on the red carpet and they asked her like, what would you like to do again? And she's just like, I'd love to play a dolphin. (laughs) And, you know, so many people have jumped on it. Like Jennifer, I saw Jennifer Garner reposted a clip of of a movie she was once in where she actually did play a dolphin. And it was like really, really cheesy. She was really young. And then I saw Olivia Wilde posted on Instagram, like, I want to make that for you happen happen for you and but i think that she's trolling people like i don't actually think she wants to be a dolphin oh i think she's just joking yeah like she's just trolling the the question like this is it goes back to the speech like you all fucking like rejected me for years and all i wanted was work and now you love me because i'm on hbo and i'm in this good show so fuck i'm not like playing this game now like i'm not gonna be what i'm not gonna do the dance for you right i feel like that was a little bit of like kathy hilton vibes you know how it's mm-hmm. sort of like, oh, an octopus, yeah. <laughs> but I, I totally agree with you. I feel like she was just like, "Fuck you guys!" Like, I, what? Oh, you want me to say like some serious director I want to work like, with? I, and, yeah, like she was de- yeah. desperate for work, like whatever. And then now they're asking, "What's your dream?" Like, you should have asked me twenty years ago. Like, you know. Well, you know, Jennifer, 
will you work with us? No one's ever <laughs> wanted to work with us either. So, you know, none of them wanted to work with us either. So if you want to pay it forward and work with someone else who no one wanted to work with, like DM you know, Mike White did, we're we're here. We would love to make something. We, you could be a dolphin. You could be whatever the hell comes to your mind. We can collaborate. So Jennifer, if you are, you know, a person who is in your orbit is listening, let us know if you want to have a revenge of the rejects with us. <laughs> Did you guys watch Fablemans? Um, yeah, I saw Fablemans. Was it good? I didn't see it. Steven Spielberg won twice. Yeah, it's about his life and it was done pretty well, I would say. I'm trying to remember. Like, it wasn't like it wasn't that amazing. <laughs> is this is his life interesting? Um, I think so. Le- interesting in the sense that like he grew up like the only Jewish family in like m- most with no Jewish people and his his parents had to keep relocating him and he was just like doing movies as like his passion from day one. He was a child and he was obsessed with movies. Okay. And like how he discovered that and how he just kept going and I was like watching and comparing his Wikipedia. So um, Was it accurate? <laughs> yeah, it was like it was following that like those moments those key moments um it's not like they took him to the titanic but they also had like it was like also about how his mother she was like really eccentric mm-hmm. and michelle williams plays yeah song. michelle williams was part of it and that was it, it was good it was like feel good a little but i wasn't like moved by it at all right. Okay. It was good. The movie that I did love, which I'm so surprised was barely nominated. I only so so much so that I thought it maybe wasn't qualified because of when it came out was she said. Was that out? It says when- Carrie Mulligan was nominated as best supporting actress. And I just saw it though. Maybe it was in the movies earlier. Did you see it yet? I didn't I see it-, it. It's on my list of things to watch. I really liked Sammy it. Sammy gave me gave us her peacock login. I thought the strongest nominee list was the best actor in a limited series um, drama. Who who was nominated? Okay, I'm gonna find it. Best find it because I thought I thought there were so many people that could have won that. That like there were so many really really good people. Best actor in a limited series or best limited series best performance or in a limited series. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll I'll read the nominations. Okay, the people that were nominated in that are. Taryn Edgerton from the Blackbird. Did you see Blackbird? I, yeah. That was so good. I love that. The other Col- guy won for that. Yes, I know. He should. He was, he so was good, really yeah. he good. He was great. Yeah. Okay. Colin Firth in The Staircase, who agreed also was amazing. Really, really in that. good. That's yeah. what I'm saying. This whole list, I was like, incredible actors this year. Next one you saw, I didn't see Andrew Garfield in Under the Banner of Heaven. He was he was very good, but compared to this other group, I knew he wasn't going to win. But if there were if there were worse people this year, he would have had a yeah. shot. Yeah. Okay. Evan Peters in the Jeffrey Dahmer story, which I still have not seen. I'm too scared to watch it. And Sebastian Stan and Pam and Tommy. Sad. I knew he wasn't yeah. gonna he wasn't Sebastian gonna win for that. Stan's so hot right now, Sebastian Stan. Um, so Evan Peters won. He looked. I have to say, he looked a little unwell. Oh, um, did he? Let's check. Evan P- I don't know if it's I, I don't know if he's still getting over playing this role, which I, he played so he was so incredibly good in this role. I knew he was going to win because he was just like insanely good acting, like impeccable performance. Um, but I feel like it's maybe like stayed with him a bit because he's like he's like 
he looks like a little sickly or he looked he was always kind of uh because he always played like ryan murphy shows and things like that but really how good is this list though so good so good yeah no i agree it was really really good also really good as amanda seyfried totally earned the dropout winning yeah she didn't show up though no speech she didn't show up also was funny was the way um oh that was so awkward the the uh who was it for yellowstone which i just started watching um michael keaton <laughs> no it's not michael um, keaton <laughs> no it's um kevin costner kevin costner <laughs> Sorry. Who like talks like he's in on Batman, like he is Batman on Yellowstone. Yeah. But that I'm, was a really I'm, funny acceptance speech. Um on, on his her, behalf. On his behalf. What was the actress's name? She's, Regina Hall? Regina. Did I make that up? Yeah. Regina Hall did because she was like laughing because she was saying like he couldn't get here because of like how hard it was to like how how scary it was and like the weather in Santa Monica or Santa Barbara right now, and like she couldn't get through it. She's like thoughts and prayers, no. <laughs> but like no, it's really serious because like if you see what's going on in California, it's really kind of fucked up. But he's like, yeah. oh yeah, you're you're really you're really uh, struggling there, your mansion. <laughs> but like it's really fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it was a very like uncomfortable. The whole thing felt like a little uncomfortable. I just I didn't. I felt like she kind of like realized midway through that she maybe was going in the wrong direction with it. Yeah. But it was like kind of too late, but then it made it almost like funnier, but also like awkward. But it's it was- not, it's not like, you know, she was disrespecting Kevin. It was more so, I think she was saying that the teleprompter writing was so bad. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying, but it was yeah. still like, it just came off a little it, uncomfortably. It just kept going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and was- then Eddie Murphy made a joke about the um, Will Smith. Yeah. Will Smith thing. Like, uh, which was like, I felt like wh- a little not didn't land that well. Yeah. Unnecessary to bring it up. Unnecessary. Yeah. Not funny enough to warrant um, bringing it up. I am surprised that Severance did not win Best Series and that House of Dragon won. I, I also thought that House of Dragon shouldn't have won. It's weird. It was like good, but I didn't think it was like, it has also going to be around for so many more years that I'm like, it'll, I assume it'll get better. Yeah. I don't feel like I thought it was solid, but I didn't think it was deserving of the like win. Severance so good. Abbott Elementary won best comedy, deserving, deserving. There was one that I thought that was interesting that I didn't know if I agreed with, which was um, I think it was the guy from Abbott Elementary winning, Tyler James Williams winning Best Supporting Actor on Television, like over Jonathan Price in The Crown, or like... Who did Jonathan Price play? He plays um the king. What's his name? Charles? Philip. He oh, plays the Philip. Philip. Oh, oh he he's li- great. Yeah. When he like, you know, really, when he threatens Diana, like those were really powerful oh. scenes, I thought at least... Yeah, he was. He's great in that. But Tyler James Williams is—he's good. He like plays a good. He plays a good. Uh, Jim Halpern. It's a great show. So, <laughs> yeah. Although, isn't it comedy? Never mind. No, it they're they're nominated together. It's just supporting. In the same okay, best right. supporting actor. Yeah, they're nominated together. And did you guys see the bear? Yet. No, but. 
people in our office for Family Feud also really liked the bear. I, yeah, I really liked it. I want to watch that. Jeremy Allen White. But yeah, overall, fine. Did you guys see Elvis? No. Um, no, I did, did not see it. I started I heard bad it. things. So I, I could not finish it. Like I could not finish it. Tom Hanks in this fat suit, terrible fat suit. Why? How Who's is it a playing? nominated movie? He plays his like manager who apparently like made the whole Elvis a thing. He like discovered him or something. Um, it was probably like, nominated because they they pick these things by like campaigns. And yeah. Tom Hanks as Elvis is sort of like bait. But anyway, Austin show. Butler won as best performer. He beat Brendan Fraser in The Well. Hugh Jackman. That's wild. Bill Nye, not Bill Nye. Nye. <laughs> Bill Nye. How I don't do know you do. pronounce that? Bill, Bill Nye, That's not the science guy. <laughs> do you love making money, but also love spending money? Don't we all? Now you can make money while you spend it every time you shop with Ibotta. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. So you could buy that flight you've been eyeing, that game you've been dying to go to, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and you get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code BETCHES when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code BETCHES. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code BETCHES. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There's no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So it's no big deal if you lose a button, spill something, or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code BETCHES20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com, that's Newly with two U's, and enter the code BETCHES20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, Newly with two U's, and use code BETCHES20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. I think we should talk about the book that Sammy has yet to finish. Spare. Oh, spare. Okay. Shots fired. Just like Shots Harry did fired. at his father's car, narrowly missing it while he was in army training. So, Sammy, what is the most interesting story that you've read thus far? And what percent of the book have you finished? I'm up to 40% of the book. Oh, it's supposed to be um, a long book. What is the most? It's, it is long. It is verbose. It is hard. Okay. 
For something that does have a lot of points of interest in it, it is a difficult read. You know, it's not like a breeze because the sentence, just the writing on number one, I don't know if they were getting paid by the word. From what I hear, <laughs> it reads a lot better for an audiobook, and he's reading it, obviously. But written out, it is just like not a pleasure to read. And I understand that <laughs> might just be sort of, you know, a. I understand it's different when you're writing something that, that's going to be spoken versus when you're writing something the, to be written. So the writing is bad. I do not think the writing is good, but I also really question there are so many unnecessary details. There are also so many interesting details that are not like headline making because they're not clickbait, but they're like sort of nuanced. And what I, I find those to be like more intriguing, for example. What is your impression of Harry 40% of the way through this book? Has it changed? I've yes. read some of your excerpts and your highlights on your Instagram yeah. stories. But so I have like a general sense. But like, what do you what has changed for you? So I think that he was basically set up to be the problem child. So every impression that I had of Harry up until he married Megan was that he was like this, this like problem who was like a rebel and like was almost like a cool kid. Like he was like too cool. Like, you know, I imagined that he was very people really like wanted gravitated to him. And now my sense is that he is someone who never really got to know who he is. He still he had no now he is now he knows I'm saying like in his up until he was I would say probably in the army he and and actually that's the part I'm up to I'm, I'm up to when he went to Afghanistan and I, I actually find that to be one of the most interesting parts. I don't know if I'm going to post it because it's just very like there's nothing like salacious about it, but it's very interesting hearing how he describes like he says the most normal he ever felt was when he was doing like radio control in the army and no one knows your name, but you just are identified by a number and that's your like identity. And he said that like the most normal he ever felt was when no one knew who he was and he was like on this radio as a number among many and no one like knew him and he was just like. Well, help directing like the air traffic in like a very seems, dangerous situation in like a while his life was like he could be shot at and was frequently like in near miss situations a lot. So I find that to actually I am he I'm kind of warming to him as he is going through learning who he is. But I question like how much of this is him versus how much is like. The editor needed him to fill in details about his childhood that he genuinely could not remember. So he's just giving sort of like this mid-processed. Right. And no one's memories from their childhood are clear. No, but there's choices about like what you will include and why you'll include them. And I actually just read this perfect quote from Vox about it was on Instagram that I feel is like perfectly describes it. The conflicted book feels like a diatribe from someone who has only recently learned that it's physically possible to talk openly about his life and his anger and who now has no idea how to modulate himself. The result is occasionally insufferable, but also oddly fascinating. At times you wonder if it should ever have been made public. That's exactly how I feel. And I wish. OK, generally, I feel more sorry for him. I think he's a more. Um, I have more empathy towards him. 
in a lot of ways. Like, even though he's like Royal Harry, like I actually think his life is way worse than like a, like a lot of people who are just the, like the average person, let's say with their average struggles. And I think that it is on, you know, his, I sort of wish that he had waited maybe a few more years where he could like sort of quietly process this, get to know himself a little bit better. Maybe he wouldn't have even written it then. No, I think he could have still written it. Like there's a point to this book that is to, that can be made and that is justifiable, but it's completely undermined by his like inability to determine like, to determine like what's narratively relevant what is sharing for this like what is sharing that's like worth sharing versus what is just embarrassing his own family for no reason essentially and that doesn't have actual narrative purpose like where it just feels like a fuck you right but like had this book been like massively called down and maybe maybe like these things had been reflected (laughs) (laughs) well i just find it so funny that you're like oh he was his happiest when he was anonymous in the um army but it's like oh so he's clearly taken so many more steps to become more anonymous over the years like but he can't actually quite the opposite but you're i i understand like that is the most like cynical take you could have about him but he cannot become anonymous like in that situation everybody was a lot more low-key that's what that's what I'm saying is that I wish and I personally believe that first of all the man is not playing with a full deck of cards you know like like he's not smart like I wish that if he were more smart and self-aware like if he had just a little bit more like with itness I think that he could have like had the intuition to not sort of be like pushed by other people and the need for money who believe who I think were probably pushing for this to come out because they were worried maybe he won't write it ever. And in their own self-interest, wanted it to come out, wanted it to be as explosive as possible because they ultimately ultimately ended up taking things out after the queen died. And I just I feel that probably he is a combination of stupid and misguided. And that is like whatever I, I feel. Look, his, he's just not that smart. That's really like, it's unfortunate because it would really help him to just be like a little smarter because I wish he had just waited and made these points about being a spare and why that is so traumatic and like ultimately kind of inhumane. And I wish that he had just waited until he could create a cohesive and like a point that more people could probably get behind with like more purpose and not just like burning bridges for the sake of burning them. Cause now they're like a lot of the stories you? seemed like not his to tell that I yes. have seen. Yes. Like, like, like this Prince Charles as a teddy bear or that his or, brother is circumcised. I don't like talk about your own penis. I think it's also like rude. a lot of ascribe it. Also a lot of descriptions <laughs> of his penises? take oh. on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, thank you. <laughs> Like also a lot of like his take on Prince on William's feelings or Charles's feelings about certain things in the past about like what he thought of Camilla. And it's like, okay, like you could say that, but if you ever want to repair with your family that, how is that like proving how, what purpose does that serve in order to prove your point that being a spare was very traumatic and that, 
and helping people to sort of like understand and empathize with you. Right. Yeah. It seems like he like makes fun of he's trying to like make fun of William a lot. Yeah. Like it feels like a screed. I think maybe he feels like he's doing he's like finishing his mom's like what his mom started. Would his mom he could have done that in like two to five years. Would his mom want to embarrass her own son by talking about his baldness when that serves no purpose? Oh, definitely. I'm not saying he's doing it right, but like it's maybe it's like he feels like it's his intention. Like he doesn't care about burning bridges because he doesn't ever want to go back there. Like uh, during this whole conversation, I'm like, what if they get a divorce? Like what if in five years, 10 years they divorce? Like, what's then going to do happen? Next? Well, he says even now, even a, a week before this came, this all started coming out, that he wants to repair his relationship. And it's like, and that's why I believe if he were smarter personally, that he would not be as susceptible. Also, because he, there's another thing I picked up. He was literally, the only time he ever, the first time he was ever without a bodyguard was ever in his life was when he was like, in his, I think it was like late 20s, early 30s, he went to Paris for like an event or something and he snuck out, which is like a big no. And he went and visited the tunnel where Diana died. He like went walking in Paris. And that was the first time he was ever alone without a bodyguard. And then after that, the next time was when he was in service in Iraq. Like that was the, imagine how abnormal that is and how I thought you they want bodyguards. They do like now they do because like he's in a whole different thing. But uh, but I'm it's I'm talking more about like what that what the react the sense of reality that creates for you and your reliance on other people. And he is probably relying on other people without even necessarily realizing to guide him. And they're not guiding him away from throwing in pointless facts about Charles's teddy bear because it's embarrassing and ultimately damaging and does not lead to like a more progressive monarchy that like releases the Commonwealth and and gets rid of this sort of like hierarchical system that he and their relationship with the press that he is so against. It's like you are not actually going to affect any change with this. All you're going to do is make people mad. And I think that had he been better guided, someone would have told him like, wait a minute and like, let's let this simmer. The queen just died and like, we'll release this when and how this is going to be like a productive conversation. Well, maybe he cares more about the money than about being productive because he'd probably make more now. I do not think he has the world's experience to even understand that, that like there, that this is even a question. Like well, no one has presented this to him probably. Well, I guess, my guess then everyone else wants to make money off of him by putting it out ASAP. But, you, I think of at least the, from what I've the, the media I've consumed of her is that Meghan Markle is a lot more with it than Harry. Well, that's seemingly. why, right? I, so, like, yeah, that's I what probably that. makes people say, like, "Oh, she's a little manipulative," or she has this idea, and he clearly, again, not all there, a hundred percent, like <laughs> being influenced. Who's the biggest influence in his life? potentially his wife. And again, I'm not saying this is happening, but it does. She seems a lot more with it from the clips I've seen of her, or at least more like, you know, with the picture or like knows how to yeah. play the system, especially not having grown up right. in this super sheltered way. So I think that that, I don't think there's, there's, I don't know the extent no, of it, right. but I think there's clearly some truth to the idea that Megan is kind of running the show here. 
I th- here's the thing. I think you're right because when you, I I that I have that same thought because when you think about what Megan has put out as her projects, archetypes, and this, mm-hmm. you know, the Oprah interview or that was kind of a joint, whatever. But and the documentary, like it is so heavily controlled, perfectly packaged. It is thought through. Everything she says is thought through to a fault. That's like why people don't like her. That's the whole thing. But with this, I I wonder, A, like, that I would assume she would have thought, like, these things don't need to, like, you're making a bad decision. Like, this is not the long game. But then I'm like, okay, maybe she was just so angry. Maybe she shares in his anger, having gone through what she went through. But then I'm like, no, because she was able to create these projects well, that are like. So wants the money. She probably, well, when you're. <laughs> The mortgage there they must have is probably <laughs> insane. Like they could have lived in a in little economy? bit less, little bit less of. I'm sure they got the rate that before it was like this high, but they <laughs> they really should have lived somewhere in a less expensive house. I think that is a big. They have an image they want to keep. Just then being a less you can right. be in an amazing house for half the price, seven million dollars. Well, it's just kind of like, do you want to be low key? And do not really care about all this. All you care about is living a normal life and having privacy. Like, yeah, but they need or, to make money, or yeah, they don't need to make this much money, or they could well, do it in a classier way. They could make the money. Dollars. They could make the money off of archetype. Arc, how do you say it? No, they were archetypes. not going to make it off archetypes. of that. But they, they could have done other things. They could have just say. I mean, my guess is that they got him to agree to this book deal, like in the heat of his anger, and. Like while he was like trying to get out and make making any grasping for any money he could get. And is there anything in the book that's like, although I feel like this type of way about my family, I also have a sense of like everyone is just doing the best they can with like the way that they were raised, which is exactly like the way that I'm being raised. And that's all they know how to do. Yeah, that is absolutely like a sentiment that he has. Well, that's good. Like regularly. And and I think it's not like the other part is that I don't even think he thinks he's being vengeful because that's how unprocessed and how unused to the way normal boundaries work he is. Like he thinks that like I think he's going from like I was so repressed, could not say anything, could not have an emotion. Charles like did not ever hug him ever. It sounds like he like said really the excerpts you put up that sounds like he said that he um that he was like really trying kind of hard to be like really sweet to them. Like my dear boy or something like that. Like yeah, he would like tuck them in or whatever. Like that seems like kind of nice. I think that's just the, that's like, just, the way they talk. They talk. It's, it, there was just that's so nice. much emotional distance. He didn't even hug him when his mother died. He just put his hand on his knee and was like, it'll be okay. And Harry was like, that was a lot for him. Okay. Doing the best he can. He knows that, but. Harry knows that. And that's why I think that if he had just waited a few more years, the book that we would have gotten would have been a way more pragmatic approach to making his point. Right. Well, I'm excited for you to finish it. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm Betcha's co-founder, Aileen. And as you may know, we have been in the media game for a minute. And between meetings, podcasting, dinners, etc., I need a wardrobe that works with me, not against me. And that's why Lee is a staple in my wardrobe. I recently got this white jacket, jean jacket from Lee, and I got their button down. I 
must say that the quality is very, very good because when you wear a button down, it is very difficult to find one that doesn't kind of come apart. And this one is not only very soft and comfortable, like I can move my arms around, but I really, really like it. It just looks really cute. And it's like Western. Western's so in right now. And then I also love the white jacket I got. It's like off-white, but it has this blue stitching and it's like, I'm going to wear it over the shoulders, perhaps on my vacation. I'm just really into it. And Denim trends come and go, but Lee is legendary for creating denim cuts that fit your body. Their denim gets better with age and their classics fit into every look. Lee's denim jacket is the one to reach for without fail. It's a classic. The Ryder jean jacket is the OG and what every other brand has copied for decades. Everyone is an icon in their own right and Lee makes denim so people can own their style and feel good in their clothes. Their spring collection is here, so get the freshest looks and cuts before anyone else. You can find your Lee fits by visiting lee.com, that's L-E-E.com, that's L-E-E.com to shop spring looks now. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. All right, guys, we all saw it. The menu. What did you both think? Or what did we all think? Loved it. One of my my favorite movie this year so far. That was a great like dark comedy, and uh, it's funny because it, the restaurant culture like critiques. I also feel like they're all kind of coming to the surface now in a lot of different shows, and that that like super that like the best restaurant in the world closed. What was it called? Yeah, Noma. Yeah, which sort of like set the standard it did for these. Close? No, it's closed. closing in twenty twenty four, but they're prepping for it to close. They're they're turning it into like a food experimentation lab because the the owner, the head chef, says that like this isn't sustainable. It's too grueling. But even the model is not sustainable. Like the number of people money. you yeah. can feed, and that you have to the labor and the products and like getting it there. The prestige isn't worth it. <laughs> He said he like he won all the award, you know, he won all the awards in the menu when they're like, there's like, oh, it's like twelve hundred dollars a head to go to this experience. And then you get there and you see the whole island. I'm like, this isn't the ugliest not a, you need to charge pe- Well, I'm like, no, I'm like, you need to charge people more like with with this setup. It would be a lot more expensive than that. Like you, also to only 12 people. You're not making enough to sustain this business. I was like, this right. Is cheap. It really <laughs> it really needed to be like more than that as a business but here's the thing it didn't because he was just gonna that wasn't the plan spoiler alert yeah so what was your who was your favorite character and who was your like least favorite character of the bad ones not like Anya Taylor my like most I was most entertained by Nicholas Holt Holt yeah like the date her 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 date and yeah like Tyler I think his name was he was the funniest one when he was like taking all that when he was also like just being so condescending to her like just in the way in which he just performed it it was so good am i tasting bergamot (laughs) (laughs) i really like the uh the critic yes i have her she was so funny she's like she's like just you paste a little bit of milk at the end, a little a little go go to the little kid. A little kid, yeah, right. And then he goes, he didn't say what kind. Yeah. That was yeah. so and, funny. And because here's another here what I wrote it down. 
another more, split more emulsion bro- more broken emulsion man. yeah broken emulsion for you <laughs> and then also so funny was when ralph it's ralph fiends, fiends right yeah um I thought speaking was the best. of voldemort really comes around to harry potter see it was relevant after yeah. all i thought he was the best I when he him. goes he would even request substitution yeah. despite the <laughs> that was the funniest part okay that was, was such, amazing such a like satire can you so explain good. the cheeseburger thing oh like why did he let him let her leave after she ordered the cheeseburger okay so she goes into the back and she sees you know into his like little lair and she sees all these like mementos of his past careers and like news clippings and stuff and she sees that he was like employee of the the month or something at a place a burger like a place. burger place it's like first yeah. job and he, and that was the only photo that he like looked happy in and he was like really smiling he was just like pumped and i think the and you know how they had that conversation about how like he was in the she was in the service industry. I think the whole point is like he wanted revenge on people who he perceived as being like takers. And he was so disturbed by her appearance her by her substitution at the restaurant because he had already determined like all the people who are going to die are like takers. But when he was talking to her, but she plus was the like, whole staff. they were in the death cult. That's their problem. Fine. Who knows? But they he were also the like idea. people who. Yeah, they well, I think that was more a commentary on how I think that was actually a sub commentary on how within the kitchen space of the restaurant culture, the people who are in the kitchen truly idolize the head chef and they will do anything to work at one of these restaurants like people who want to be in this industry and want their own restaurant will work at Noma, that restaurant that closed Mm -hmm. for free. They will move to Copenhagen and they will work there for free. So that right. they can like put it on their resume. So it's a. I think that's about like the the worship in this, in this industry. But so with the cheeseburger thing, I think she they kind of related on the fact that they had been in like the service industry and they like enjoyed serving people. And he said he hasn't enjoyed like making food making food anymore. He hasn't like enjoyed it at all. And she said like she used to enjoy being like I guess a yeah. sex worker was what it's implied so she so then she feels that her like cheat code is gonna be to for him to let her out is for her to like be a giver to give something to him which is the enjoyment of making this just like simple easy like easy but amazing food Mm -hmm. that brought him back to his roots and that whole thing where she like took it to go was like i'm not wasting this like but like I'm le- I have to leave in order to take it to go. And like did something that like he's not ne- like there's no way you can take any of that regular food to go. Please en- enjoy this breadless accoutrement. <laughs> but that was <laughs> like the feeling he was chasing. Right. Yeah, was, right. that makes sense. Yeah. So I think that's what it. Well, it's yeah. interesting. Also, I know your you guys, your favorite uh, directors, the succession director mm-hmm. also directed this. Which is interesting. I kind of felt like those kinds of vibes in some moments. But there was, I was also reading like a Times review of the movie. And it was also kind of stated that any kind of like art sort of has that sort of hierarchical, like sort of abusive um, mentality to it. Like, I don't know why my first thought was like center stage. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We're like the person who's like the greatest person is sort of like abusing like the people who are training. It's like sort of this like hazing sort of uh, culture around like the fine arts or the fine foods or like just the idea that if it were laid back, it wouldn't be like no pain, no gain kind of situation. So I was wondering, is there like an example of something where like it doesn't have to be like that and it can be like still like an elite or do you have to like suffer for your craft kind of thing? I, it, I kind of feel like I'm sure there are restaurants only that are, have good baby. cultures, but are they the are, best? I mean, maybe there's some really good restaurants, but it's hard to say because it's also like one of those things where like people do because that's the way. And I'm sure there are new restaurants that like try to flip that just the same as that there are like, businesses non-restaurant businesses that try to flip that type of culture you know like how we always the, the always like this hardcore work culture where it's like now it's right so but they're not, like, not the way yeah so but i've I, yeah, i've heard so many from I, different people who are chefs or that it was the worst experience of their lives and they quit it reminds me a little bit about becoming a doctor like it feels like that to me i feel like it's almost, but, it's not, I think only about like, oh, that you actually have to like suffer to be able to be better at this. I, I'm not of the belief that like suffering makes anyone better. Like suffering just for the sake of suffering makes anyone better at anything. Just not into that whole idea. But I think with certain, it's almost like hazing in like a fraternity, like to make it feel like it was worth it and that you're like bonded to it and that you yeah. like are worthy of it. You need to sort of, form almost like a cult-like, cult-like, if not actually cult in like in this movie, belief that like you are special and this and all of the hard work was worth it. And ultimately you could argue that that's just a way of exploiting well, people. Mm -hmm. Well, for these by things, getting them to just work more than for more than they're worth. Well, you have to think it's almost like this more, exists more in an industry where like you almost like the model is such that someone there, there's like fewer people paying an absurd amount of money for something that's like, like, because, because it's not like you're, you're mass producing something you're making it. So like, bec like you're going to pay $1,200 because the food is like so incredibly elite. And that business model isn't really sustainable with everyone just being paid like a fair wage because it's just like, there's too much that goes into making the meatlet the breadless bread plate or whatever the right. like the fanciest dishes i think in um in the article about noma closing they were like talking about someone having to like create like a beetle from like a jelly and like the intern just had to do that like 127 times like for like and she wasn't getting paid um <laughs> yeah yeah so i'm saying like because like the the food is so like small and elite and requires so much manpower for each individual dish like it's not really a sustainable model. Just almost like I would imagine like high-end fashion probably has that culture too. Right. Well, I well, don't... It's not that it's sustainable. It's just that it doesn't have this, like you can't make that much money. Yeah. Well, restaurants are already a not, not a great business profit-wise. Like notoriously, that's a difficult business to keep open, even if you're doing it like economically. And maintain quality. Yeah, and maintain and right, exactly, and maintain quality. It's 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 like a high turnover business. And to your point, like Donald's it makes is, a lot of money. 
What? McDonald's. Well, they're leasing, as you learn from that movie, they're actually just leasing the land, isn't that? They're getting rid of, they're automating all of their employees. And also they are at like scale where the price is so, and scale for, for customers, you know, because of the price. But to what you're saying is like, yeah, it's not sustainable without extreme exploitation or just like making no money because if a beetle is like one quarter of 17 courses, right? like you need so much labor. Exactly. You're not mass producing anything. Each thing is like individually handcrafted. And the point is that it's not mass produced. Even if you could make like a machine, right. that would like deplete the yeah. beauty of it. I also liked when he was like, please do not eat. Yeah. Please, like, taste. And then he said, eat later. I also loved how they like, maintained the like show about food. Like, like mm-hmm. sort of it was like a the chef's plating. table and they showed the plating and they were like calling it courses. And then also I loved that even though the, the guests knew they were going to die, like they just kept going with the courses. But also yeah. I think it was a commentary on like these people who are like the wealthiest people who can afford this shit have zero ability to survive. Like they have no survival skills. Like the one guy who decided to do it just threw himself into the wall thinking he was going to get through. Meanwhile, the woman who isn't wealthy, she was there because she was an escort. Like outsmarted him. Yeah, outsmarted him and figured. And also they were all eating with knives. Like, I think that was also a part of it. Like they all could have, there were more of them than there were the they staff. even suggested that at they one could point. have they could have revolted, but I think that was like part of it that they just kind of agreed, yeah, we're all just gonna die, whatevs. Well, another thing was that they had no solidarity with each other. Yeah, like none of them actually individually could do anything with a knife compared to the people in the kitchen. But also that would have been like off script. Who knows right. what would have happened? They didn't even but, speak to each other. Yeah. But right, exactly. Like they had no solid they have no connection and ability to like team up Work because they're together, used to yeah. being so individualistic in and, their like normal and, like, lives. working for themselves i didn't yeah. understand why he had them run all the men it's like all the men can run. it seems like a little I random think that was to see that was just to sh- i think that was honestly partly to show what you just said which is that like they have no survival skills and also that right. they would ditch their like date within yeah. a heartbeat immediately right that too yeah. But yeah. the one guy was like, which is funny, like Tyler didn't go because he wanted to see the food. Right. He knew he was going to die. Right, that was also right. like interesting. Like he didn't give a shit at all. He just yeah. wanted that food experience. He was like a psychopath. Just yeah. not like he was like Patrick he, Bateman. I, I found him very funny. I also like when he was like the reason he was killing the actor is because he had like one day off. Yeah. He watched a shitty movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or and also where she was like, where'd you go to school? Brown. No. Did she take loans? loans? You're dying. <laughs> yes. Also, um, when he when they got the tortillas and everyone had like oh, whatever, was all the bad stuff. Genius. And, it, and Tyler I was like, that. great. These are all of just me taking pictures. He yeah. hates me. <laughs> well, that was why they picked it. It's because that's like all he cared about. Yeah. I know. Do you use that a Paco was, jet? Geez. Well. Great good. movie. Um, so who good. are we? Who are we sending to the Caymans? Um, who James was the- Potter? <laughs> you know, <laughs> no. Who else did we say? Was it James Potter? Was that the first person? That was the first person, uh, I think. I'm gonna send Austin Butler. <laughs> I just can't. I don't know why. I just cannot. We don't have to. 
You guys didn't see. We I didn't even finish Elvis. Okay, who are we sending? Who, there was someone else we sent I could in the send, beginning. It was not I would send me. AMC Theaters for not That's listing. That's who you were going to send. That's I would who it send, was. Right, I would send AMC Theaters for not explicitly listing which seats are comfortable and which seats are the reclining leather um, seats at the movie theaters because no one should have to go up, go no one. Sit in the, pay to <laughs> sit in those seats. Take it no up with one. Nicole Kidman. You shouldn't be have to pay to go sit somewhere less comfortable than your couch. That's how I feel about everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's my one my one platform political stance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with that. I'm with that. I'm with that. It's like twenty bucks. All right. So AMC or or James Potter. AMC feels more relevant. Know about I don't think I don't feel comfortable. We you don't know until James you Potter. tweet until you tweet at J.K. Rowling. Yeah. All right. Jordana, that's you. I have to figure out how to how to word this. How to tweet? Query. (laughs) (laughs) Settle a score for us. (laughs) I will. That's it for this week's at Betches podcast. You can follow me at Jordana Abraham. You can follow me at Aileen. And follow me at Sammy. And be sure to rate, review, and follow our show on Apple or Spotify. We love reading your reviews, especially Jordana. We talk about it all the time. Talk to you next week on the at Betches podcast. At Betches is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, Rebecca Sosmacat, and Aliza Zim. Editing by Basilio Perez. Be sure to follow At Betches on Instagram and send us your emails to podcast at Betches.com. Betches.